Today we are going to discuss some moves that are happening around baseball, how they affect the Detroit Tigers. We'll talk about the starting pitching trade market, which appears to be heating up. Can the Tigers be players in that? Uh, we're going to talk about the Otani contract, as we kind of have to. And then we'll talk a little bit about Miguel Cabrera, all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, be sure to check out the SiriusXM app. With the app, you can just search any team that's currently playing a game and get their home radio broadcast anytime anywhere straight to the app. It's an awesome feature and it's an awesome app. Check out the Sirius XM app. Uh, so today, welcome back everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic week. First week back on three episodes a week for this show. We will continue to do that until pitchers and catchers report in February. So we'll get about a month and a half, just under two months of three episodes a week as the off season slows down here. But uh, we're in an interesting position with that. Uh, we, uh, As I said yesterday when I kind of laid this out, we could have a four or five episode week if there's enough to talk about any given week. But at a minimum, we will have Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows for you unless I say otherwise. Um, and we're at an interesting point where we might have some of those just because with how stagnant the, the offseason was early on, there seems to be kind of this domino effect happening where uh, like the Otani domino fell. Okay, now it's Yamamoto's turn. And then after it's Yamamoto's turn, I think that's when we kind of are going to see the floodgates open and we're going to see uh, a lot of the bigger names. I mean, there's still so many, especially on the pitching side of things. But I mean, Bellinger, Chapman, right? Like there's there's still so many big names that have to move and there's still so many trades that are going to happen. And we'll talk about the trade market later on in the show because I do think that that is kind of heating up a little bit. And I've had some questions in regards to the Tigers stance within the starting pitching trade market. So We'll discuss that later. Um, I do want to say also Friday's episode, so the next episode, and I, I want to say tomorrow's, but not tomorrow's, the next episode, Friday, will be a mailbag. So drop any questions you have. If you're watching on YouTube, you can drop them in the comments of this video. If you're not listening on YouTube, you can DM me. You can DM the show. You can just tweet it publicly. However you want to ask a question, as long as I am able to see it in some way, shape, or form, I will do my best to answer as many as we can on Friday. If we get a boatload, we might do Friday, Monday, depending on like news day and all that. But um, usually we can fit most of them into one show, but uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. So that'll be, I'll remind you again at the end of the show. Um, let's talk about some news. Uh, really the only thing out of Tigersville over the last two days has been Andrew Chafin's contract became official. Uh, so Andrew Chafin, we kind of broke that down on Monday's show, but he is officially, officially on the Detroit Tigers roster. And uh, yeah, I uh, we gave, again, I gave all of my thoughts on, on the bullpen and, and Chafin specifically and whatnot on Monday's show. I do appreciate how they are, they seem to be doing this, like we're going to announce all of our moves publicly uh, and and lay out the contract publicly. I, I like that. That's what good, healthy teams do. Uh, it's It's been something that the, the Braves have been very good about doing. 
uh, especially with the Braves Foundation thing. Obviously, Kenta Maeda uh, as well. His terms were all public, and he donated part of his salary to the Tigers Foundation. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I, I like it. I, I think that's good. I think it's I think agents like it. I think players like it. I, I think it's a more professional, uh, not outlook, but approach. That's the word to uh, to signing players and to announcing deals rather than just like leaking information to a beat writer and like seeing what happens. I, I, I like the, the professionalism of announcing the deals and the exact dollar amounts, all the bonuses, et cetera. They really laid out Maeda and now Chafin's deal. Exactly. Uh, the amount of innings that he has to pitch to reach certain bonuses, et cetera, all very public information. So um, that is official. Some other news just around baseball. We'll talk about Seth Lugo a little bit later because he's like one of the bigger ones over the last couple of days. Um, Chris Stratton to the Royals. Royals obviously get Seth Lugo. Like I said, we'll talk about that later. Um, I feel like there was one more that I'm forgetting. But yeah, the, just a couple of smaller moves. We're starting. Oh, Dylan Floro to the Nationals. That was That's what I was thinking of. Um, so a, a couple of smaller moves just happening around baseball. People adding some arms. Uh, and I think that that's, again, kind of a sign, not that like Otani's contract determined, you know, Dylan Flores, that's not what I'm trying to say, but uh, I, I do think that we're at an, a point in the off season now where you're going to see not like floodgates until again, I think after Yamamoto signs, but I do think you'll start to see a little bit more moves here. Let's talk about Otani. So Shohei Otani's contract, uh, set the world ablaze. Uh, everybody's freaking out about Shohei Otani's contract. Um, I'm I'm not here to really give too much. Well, we'll 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 talk about I guess my opinion on it. Well, but I I do want to lay out some facts throughout or in regards rather to this. Right there, there's some facts that I think are maybe were were not highlighted enough, and just in general, some of the intricacies of the deal are really fascinating to me, and I just want to talk about. How a brilliant I think it is for Otani's people to to do this deal, right? His agent and and whoever's in charge of his finances and whatnot. His camp is is uh, really pulled off. I, I think this is a great move for him. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers are getting him on a massive discount as opposed to what they would have paid if it was straight up, right? So they're obviously making out well, at least in the first ten years. Um, it's it's a really really fascinating thing uh, th this deferred money and. A lot of people are really upset. A lot of people just think, hey, it's in the rules. What, you know, what are we complaining about type of thing? Um, so essentially, instead of getting $70 million a year over 10 years, he is deferring it so that he is only getting $2 million a year from the Dodgers over the next 10 years. And then we'll get, I think it's like $68 million a year every July 1st for the next 10 years after retirement. Um, there's a couple of things in this that are important. One, Shohei Otani makes like 40 to $80 million a year before he was a Dodger in like off the field endorsements and such. Okay. So like this notion that Otani is only going to get $2 million only quote unquote, $2 million a year, you know, just in like general income is absolutely preposterous and not even remotely true. Okay. So uh, I promise he's not going to be hurting for cash over the next 10 years. Uh, so I, I want to start off with that from the contracts perspective, something that's very, very, very important to highlight here is what the, the collective bargaining tax, what the, what the CBT is for competitive balance tax in the, in the 
uh, bargaining agreement in the CBA, uh, the CBT and the CBA, what the competitive balance tax against the Dodgers every year is not going to be $2 million, right? Baseball is not a salary cap sport. However, there are significant tax brackets for every million dollars you go over $200 million as a team every year. And so uh, this is a situation where, and like in the last CBA, they made it way taxed up because the owners don't like Steve Cohen and he blows past you know, $250 million like it's nothing. Um, so it gets more and more heavily taxed the more money you spend. And there's certain brackets, you know, the, the first 10 million over is is this percentage tax on the dollar. And then as you get higher and higher, and 237 million is a very big tax break. At some point you hit the Steve Cohen tax where it's just like, a, you know, double the dollar on the dollar or whatever, something ridiculous. Um, and, and so in the eyes of the CBT, in the eyes of the tax brackets, Otani's contract will quote unquote cost the Dodgers $46 million a year. They'll only be paying him two. That's objectively true. However, they're going to get taxed as if their team total, when, when you're calculating the amount of money the Dodgers are spending in coordinates to the, the tax brackets, they will get docked. $46 million a year against Otani's deal. So it's not as if the Dodgers are just able to sign everybody to a $2 million deal and defer all this money and end up paying, like in the eyes of baseball, they can just do, oh, like your payroll this year is $4 million or whatever. You know what I mean? Like the the, the tax is still $46 million, which is still the highest that any player the highest number any player has been like quote unquote penalized against their team in CBT in the history of major league baseball. Now it's still a smart move for the Dodgers. Do not get me wrong because they shaved what $24 million a year off of that presumed 70 mil that it would have been straight up. I'm not trying to say they didn't get it for a discount, but in the eyes of baseball, it's not as if he will like that he's going to cost 2 million to, if you want to think of it in terms of a salary cap, it's not a salary cap, but that's a really easy way to look at it as well. Close enough. Um, you can look at it that way. They're paying him two, but like they're capped against 46 mil uh, in the eyes of baseball. So that's like an important thing here. Does it justify it? Does it make it just like completely okay? Not what I'm trying to argue. Uh, I'm just trying to present like it's not as if the Dodgers are just able to do this with everybody and have a payable of $12 million. Okay. So uh, let's keep the ball rolling. I have a few more thoughts about the Otani contract. Then we'll get into uh, some more free agency stuff. We're going to talk Seth Lugo. We'll talk about the starting pitching market, et cetera. All right. We will do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. As a Lions fan, we're, we're stressed, okay? We're stressed. We got some big games coming up. There's a lot of big games coming up. I was talking with a buddy of mine uh, earlier today. There's like a third of the NFC all has the same record. Uh, the three seed through the 11 seed in the AFC are all one game apart. There is so much that is going to needs to be shaken out in the NFL. 
And that means that it is truly the most fun and best time to get in on the action with FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all greatly for tuning in. As always, we will be back on Friday, not tomorrow, with a mailbag. So again, drop your questions here. Any way that you can uh, make sure that I see your question, I will take it that way. Okay. Uh, Also be sure to check out Locked On Sports today. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering each league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, we were talking about Otani. So I, I laid out the the collect the, I keep <laughs> collective bargaining agreement. We, we I laid out the competitive balance tax aspect of this. Um, now, to a lot of people, that doesn't justify what's happening, and it's still out of pocket. They are paying $2 million for the, probably the most talented athlete to ever play the game of baseball, and I, I understand that that mindset. Um, I, 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 it's, we should make it clear that like this has been happening for a long time. To this extent, never. Never even close to this extent, Right. And again, I'm not trying to like pull you in one way or the or, or the other. Uh, I just it's weird for me. I I don't know. Not that I don't know where I stand on it. I I, I know I, I just uh, it's a tug of war in my brain. I guess is the way that I would articulate it. Like it's it it's very legal. It's been happening for a long time. Uh, a lot of teams, the Tigers have done it. The Tigers just stopped playing Prince Fielder a couple of years ago. Y'all like <laughs> the Tigers have been been doing this. Uh, Max Scherzer did it with the Nationals. Nobody was like, oh, my goodness, this is super illegal. Um, but it, it's happening now because it is Otani and it is so egregious. Right. It's not, oh, I want to f- cut my salary in half and then extend it from seven years to 14 years, which is kind of like what Scherzer did with the Nationals. This is this is ridiculous. Right. This is two million dollars. Um and even if in the eyes of baseball and according to like the, the, the salary, you know, spreadsheets, the Dodgers are, are uh, owed him $46 million at the end of the day, they're only paying him two. And that's going to give them more flexibility to go out and continue to get more big name free agents, more big name players. They're in on Yamamoto. They want to trade for glass now, right? Like there's still so much on the table that the Dodgers now are able to do flexibility wise because of this contract. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, no matter where you stand on it, whether you're like, this is completely fair and just, I don't know what everyone's freaking out about. People have been doing this for years. The Dodgers just took advantage and Otani took advantage of the system or whether you're like, this is awful for baseball. This has ruined everything. I don't care about the the CBT tax or anything like that. This is, this is egregious. No matter where you stand on it, I can almost promise you in the next CBA that this will be somewhat nerfed. Uh, will it be completely removed? I don't think so. I don't think it's in the best party for either party, the best interest of either party rather to completely get rid of it. I think the players need the flexibility 
in contracts of getting more money for longer. And I think the owners want to be able to not spend as much money all at once. But I do think it will be nerfed. I think that the owners are going to want to significantly not let what the Dodgers did happen to another big name free agent. Um, and the players is weird. The players motives are we need as many teams as possible to be willing to spend. That's what the players are trying to do. Um, and I don't know if getting rid of that is in the best interest of that party or not. But I do think that in the next CBA, again, I can almost promise you that there's going to be some some serious, serious, serious discussions about if this is going to be able to be sustained, if this is going to be a thing that is uh, able to be uh, replicated and if teams are going to be able to do this to this extreme ever again. I can I can almost assure you not, but we'll see what happens. The unfortunate thing, we just signed a new CBA, so we're still a few years down the road from that being a conversation. Okay, enough about Otani. We'll move on to uh, Seth Lugo. I think that Lugo, uh, good for him, man. Uh, there was some links to the Tigers with Seth Lugo. He gets three years, 45 mil from the Kansas City Royals. Um, good for him. <laughs> 15 AAV over three years. Uh, that's probably a little rich than what the Tigers were willing to do for Seth Lugo, especially considering if the season ended today, the Tigers would have a full rotation. Um, if they really needed to, I still think they should go out and get another starter. We'll talk about that in a second, but, um, yeah, like this is uh, very much a situation where the, the Royals desperately need some sort of talent in this organization. That is a just completely depleted and, and just barren organization when it comes to talent at the moment. And, uh, I, I'm not trying to like kick a Royals fan while they're down, but like, goodness, there is not a whole lot going for that organization at the present moment. And so they said publicly they were going to spend more money to get a more competitive product on the field. I don't know how many more wins Seth Lugo by himself is going to get you, but they wanted to guarantee that that was going to be a thing. So they went out there and spent $15 million a year on Seth Lugo. And uh, good for him. Seriously, good for uh, good for Lugo for uh, nailing that contract down. Had a really good year. Uh, was at last year, two years ago, and uh, has kind of reinvented himself as a, as a starter. So uh, good for Seth Lugo. Good for the Royals, I guess, if we really have to say that. And uh, and yeah, I, I'm not losing sleep over the fact that the Tigers aren't, didn't spend 15 and a half, 16 AAV over three years on Lugo. Okay. Um, when it comes to the starting pitching trade market, uh, one of the quotes that Evan Petzold put out there that a few of the beat writers have put out there in terms of like, okay, winter meetings is done. What now is Scott Harris said he's always looking to add starting pitching. And that's what we've been talking about in this show for the last two months, which is music to my ears because it makes me, I, I don't know, feel like at, at least we're like kind of on the, a similar uh, wavelength about what this team needs to accomplish this offseason. Uh, and so I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that, that starting pitching is still on the brain. Um, I just I wonder in what form and capacity that's going to come to because the every day that goes by the Imanaga price tag gets higher and higher and I become less and less confident that the Tigers are going to be legitimate players in there. Uh, we're not getting Yamamoto no matter how many uh, you know like rituals and dances and and prayers we say about it. That's just not going to happen. Um, and so 
it's it, it's like where else are you going to go? They're not getting Blake Snell. He doesn't fit like the the mindset, the mentality of uh, of this team. He walks so many hitters. Like I don't think Blake Snell is a guy they're going to fork over uh, a lot, a lot, hundreds of millions of dollars to. Uh, so it's it, it's it's interesting, and that leads us to this question that I've been getting a lot lately of. Well, if we need to add starting pitching, are the Tigers going to be players in the starting pitching market? We will talk about that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. Uh, Appreciate you all for tuning in as always. Um, No. Okay, we can move on. Cool. The answer is no. Uh, the Tigers, I, I don't expect to be in the starting pitching trade market really whatsoever. Um, and the reason why is not, again, I've been very vocal about how I want the Tigers to add starting pitching, but I think it would be very counterintuitive to do it via trade because I, and I'm not speaking for like what Harris is doing. I'm speaking toward what, what I want to add starting pitching for. I want to add starting pitching so that we can then trade a starting pitcher and get another bat in here. Because I don't think there's any bats in free agency unless you're going to go get like Cody Bellinger, who has like serious long-term risks. I don't think they're going to be in on Chapman because he also has serious long-term risks. Like uh, unless you're going to get one of those guys, you're not getting like a bigger name bat in free agency. So that is how I want to address the offense is to sign another starter and then trade a pitcher for one. And I know I've said that a million times that I'm really uh, I'm really driving that point home. So if you're an everydayer, I appreciate you, but I also apologize for continuing to say that. I just really want it to happen. And for like like Glass now, for instance, he's going to cost an arm and a leg uh, that he may have to use at some point, given his injury history. And you are going to be left with a great potential high end starting pitcher, which is which is fine. Obviously, that's the goal of the trade. Um, but the Tigers, asset wise. When looking down their organization, what are you going to have to trade to get glass now? Probably arms, right? You don't have a ton of highly regarded offensive prospects. You're not going to trade Max Clark. You just drafted him. Uh, I don't think Justin Henry Malloy has like a significant amount of value, to be completely honest with you. Um, not that he has no value, but like, I don't think he would move the needle too terribly much in a Tyler glass now or Shane Bieber trade. Uh, and then what, like Parker Meadows, you're not trading. He's going to be the opening day center fielder. Uh, Colt Keith's probably going to be the opening day second baseman and Jace Young might be playing third by July. So like you don't have bats to spare because they're all supposed to be, they're supposedly going to play major league baseball this year. So that goes out the window. So now you're looking at arms. You you have developed arms. You've created a nice system here. And now, okay, so now you're going to trade. <clears throat> okay, only one sneeze. I, I, I try to get my hand on the button and I completely whiffed. So now a sneeze is being left in the show. I, I apologize. Um, so when looking at uh, like the pitchers, okay, you'd have to give up pitchers for glass now. So now you're trading a guy who is. Uh, what a year, year and a half from uh, free agency eligibility is who you're acquiring for young arms and, and arms for arms is always weird as is, 
nonetheless one with an injury history, even if it's not, even let's just say it's Bieber. Let's just say they stay healthy. Let's just throw the injury risk out of it because all pitchers have injury risk. That's not even really fair of me to bring up. So we'll, we'll just completely disregard that. You trade for one of these guys. Great. Your rotation gets significantly better over the last next couple of years. You could even extend him, right? Now, when you look back and you go, okay, well, now I'm trying to trade for bats, right? Now, the, 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 the assets that you have organizationally that you are going to use your for bats is, is significantly lower because you are trying to trade arms for bats. So trading arms for arms first, really good arms that are going to cost you really good, highly regarded arms, by the way, whether that's Job, whether that's Job and Flores, whether that's Flores and, you know, Reese Olsen, et cetera, like you're not going to get them for nothing. So it, it's, it's, I, I just, I don't think there's any point in the Tigers really like hammering home and going, you know what we need, we really want to add a starting pitcher. Let, let's go trade for one. Okay, well, well, now you've gotten rid of the arms you have organizationally that you would have been able to use to trade for a bat, and, and your system is weaker and thinner, and you didn't resolve the biggest issue your organization has, which is offense. So that's kind of where I stand on that. I do not expect the Tigers to be players in the big names in, in Bieber or Glass now just because, again, they're not in a position to be getting rid of young players just period no matter what position they play um but especially just like really the starting pitching market period there's a few other like lower name like not as um not as prominent names in the starting pitching market that i still do not expect the tigers to be much players in trading wise at all now i'll reiterate again go sign one though go sign one though i just think it's counterintuitive to trade for one and then trade for another that, that kind of defeats the purpose of, of the trade in general. Okay. Hope that made sense. A uh, couple other things here. Miguel Cabrera playing baseball. Uh, he was in a home run derby in Venezuela yesterday, two days ago, as you're listening to this, I believe. And uh, he, I mean, he only hit like three homers. I think he got smoked by Yasiel Puig name. I haven't heard in a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's nice to see Miggy, you know, swinging, swinging the stick. Uh, it's nice to see him out there. And then reported by Evan Petzold of the Freep is that Miguel Cabrera actually plans on playing another season in the Venezuelan league. So uh, it won't be this year. And that league takes place after the Major League Baseball season. So in the 2024-2025 Venezuelan Winter League, Miguel Cabrera will play one final time and, and he'll kind of get, uh, he said that he wanted to get kind of like a farewell tour there as well. He's going to take the year and get his body ready for it. He says he wants to be in physical shape for it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there you go. Miguel Cabrera will be playing baseball one more time. It just obviously won't be in MLB. Um, I think that's it. Mailback on Friday. Ask all of your questions. I've already gotten a couple uh, we've gotten some some questions already about some free agents, uh, some stuff I, I haven't touched on yet and and, and whatnot. So uh, already kind of racking up in my brain how I want to attack it. But please fire away any and all questions and we'll take as many as we possibly can on Friday's show. All right.
I'll see you all then. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. I appreciate all of you greatly. We will be back on Friday. Peace and love going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.